Welcome in, welcome in, welcome friends to the newest edition of 3 In, 3 Out Seahawks. What if the most interesting and unique Seahawks preview show in the multiverse? I am your host, Clinton Bonner. Please give a follow. Say hello out on Twitter, at Clinton Bond. I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Find him out on Twitter, at Seahawkers Pod. And of course, of course, it's Seahawks What If. It wouldn't be Seahawks What If without... The, the protector of the multiverse himself, Mr. Phil Lydic, coming in with all the beautiful meanderings. Mr. Phil, Brandon, how goes it today? Are we ready at three and six? Are we ready to face yet another week of what if and say, I, I can make it simple. What if we win a darn game? What if we win? What if we win? The, the Seahawks need to win. There is no what if. What if the Seahawks don't win? Then the season's over, Clinton. Coming off the bye, we had to win one of these two. So now we're down to we have to win this one pretty much. Yeah, that that's that's some that's some straight math there, Mr. Phil. You're exactly right. I mean, you know, sometimes I like to look at the like whatever the the the, the playoff breakdown numbers. I don't go I don't go t- I don't put too much into that because strange things happen. Like, oh, they're at 25%, they're at this percent. However, I did take a peek that was like if the Seahawks do not win this game, we fall to like 6% chances of making the playoffs. And that is, well, that's 94% less than, less than I would like to be, to be frank. <laughs> Not good. Not good. Not at all. So, Mr. Phil, what do you got cooking for us this week? We are excited to, we're excited to be, to be brought down the, uh, you know, the yellow brick road once again with you, man. Yes. Well, welcome to the What If Seahawks multiverse as we get into what is the week leading into my very, very, very favorite holiday. And uh, I just love Thanksgiving. I like being around thankful people. I like myself better when I'm thankful. Just uh, it's my favorite. And we have a lot of a lot to be thankful for. But a bird will be roasted this week. A bird will be roasted or smoked or deep fried. I've seen some good photos of that. I've wanted to try it, but I, I'm more like watching the videos of the explosions. But deep fried. <laughs> And I do want to talk. They need to turkey. have less explosion videos of those. I, I'm in full agreement with you. Like, I need the the safe version of all these things to be out there, so I know how to do it and not like the dangerous consequences of. Nobody, nobody watches NASCAR for for <laughs> when they don't crash, Brandon. They watch. They yeah. people watch it for the crashes. Come on, Ooh, let's I, watch someone deep fry a turkey, and it goes well. <laughs> Ooh, that was fun. <laughs> but there will be a bird roasted, and I do want to talk turkey, but I'm not talking turkey here of course we're talking about feasting upon either one of these birds the cardinals or the seahawks will be feasted upon not 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 the seahawks cardinals yes we would prefer tasty cardinals although i don't know how tasty that is but a bird will eat and a bird will be eaten one group of fans will feast and so the what if topic here for this show is so what if we feast? And the categories are feast your eyes, feast or famine, mm. feast of thankfulness, as where we'll close out here leading into our Sunday before our holiday. So we're going to start right away with feast your eyes. We are at episode 11, which means Brandon will get to go first and give Clinton a chance to think about it a little bit. What if Rusty, you know, R-U-S-S-T-Y, <laughs> what if Rusty can become the good pre-snap Russ again. How will he be seen what to serve up and allow his playmakers to eat if Rusty can be good pre-snap Russ again, Brandon? 
If Russ, well, what do you mean if? if Russ knocked off all the Russ <laughs> last week. That's why he came back for the Packers game, so he could get that out of the way and then go streaking through the rest of the season. So I, like I, I expect that after what the Packers defense did last week, I expect the, the, just watching the Cardinals, they operate very similarly in how they line up how their defense, how they're playing an opposing quarterback, especially watching them face off against Aaron Rodgers in that game. So this game, I expect Russ to, especially pre-snap, to see how the defense, if he is getting the, the kind of looks that the Packers were giving him, we need to see him check into more runs and run yes. the football more against this Cardinals defense. What the, what the Panthers did, they ran it down the throats of this Cardinals team. We we need that this week to win the game. Clinton, will we be feasting our eyes on good pre-snap rest again? And if he is seeing, if he's seeing well, uh, how's that going to go, Clinton? Well, Mr. Phil, I've never been your feast of burden, but I'll give you an answer here. My <laughs> so the the I, I sometimes I answer questions with questions. It's what I do. Sure. Um, Will Russell Carrington Wilson be under center? No. Like, no, you don't think you don't think so, Brandon. You don't think he takes you don't think he's there. No. No oh, I thought you were saying, are they gonna start him? Okay, I oh, got you. No, will he no, take no, no, any no. snaps under center. Yeah, will he take snaps under center? Because I think a lot a lot of the game, the reason I asked that is a lot of what we I still think want to do um is derivatives of being under center and using using misdirection and and then you know calling or or seeing what's happening using misdirection and then taking advantage and i think if he's if he's in the pistol the entire time it's different he could yes he could go into some some of those you know just zone zone reads right and go into the reads where he sure. hands the ball ball off more but they're not as effective they're just not as effective we we he's not ripping the ball down. He did a little bit of that last week, keeping himself like he did, you know, earlier years. Um, and all last year we saw them just run the ball out of the pistol and it, it just, it got, it got old. The last half of the year didn't work at all. So I hope he's back under center. It, it, and I think there was like a, a bit of a, you know, a fallacy or a, I just thought, you know, because we've seen Russ be such an Iron Man, like he would just come back and just be Russ. Yeah. And and I didn't even really notice until later that he wasn't under center. So I keep getting back to like week one versus the Colts versus like what we have looked like the last few weeks with Gino or injured Russ um, or even Russ before the injury. They're very different looking offenses. So can he get under center? Can we see more D. Eskridge in motion? And if, the, if yes, then... Yes, we could pick it apart more. If he's back in pistol, I think you're limited. That's a good thought, Clinton. I mean, you should be able to see well from there, but you just don't have all the same options. I mean, even the play action's a little bit wacky when you try to do it from, from the pistol. Good thought. Well, continuing to feast our eyes, this one will boomerang back to you, Clinton. What if the Hawks can shut down one player? Who would bring most deliciousness to your eyes as we're feasting with our eyes if you were to watch a Cardinal player being chewed up and only shards of his bones were left on the Hawks dinner plate. <laughs> what player would you choose, Clinton? Probably Colt McCoy at this point. Uh, <laughs> we will, just because of, you know, vengeance and things like that. Um, 
but hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully we don't have to go Colt McCoy, meaning hopefully it's not the dude we have to concentrate on. Uh, I just saw news that D hop is ruled out, right? So he's yep. out. Kyler might not play. Um, it's for me, it, I, I hate to give the chalk answer. I, I don't want to even, I'm going to go to the, to the other side of the ball. Sure. I think, I think just keeping, keeping Chandler Jones off of Russ's back for one of these games would be rather nice to see. You know, if, if, if it's kind of a clean sheet where jo- Jones will have those blow up games against us and yeah. Adam will, Adam will come back on the Seahawkers podcast and, you know, rant and rave. He's, he's not really good. He just has these blow up games that end up equating. <laughs> Which to like I think sacks. both can be true. Yeah, I get I, Yes. And at the end of the day, 15 sacks a year is 15 sacks a year. <laughs> right. And, and the, the dude's going to have a gold jacket and Adam's going to say he's, he's not a good hall of famer. Um, and I think, and I think both can be true. Uh, we, the thing is, we don't help that. Like we, we fan the flames of Chandler Jones looking bigger and better than maybe he actually is. The way that you know Adam sees it. So yeah, that's my guy. Let's 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 have a clean sheet versus Chandler Jones. And if that happens, that I think I think that just you know breeds good things for for our offense to be obviously more successful than last week. I agree. I hope Chandler shut down. And I've always thought of all people to think Chandler Jones wasn't good. A Seahawk fan <laughs> is going to boycott the Hall of Fame when he's there. A Seahawk <laughs> fan when he has just tortured us game in, game out. Who who would you like to see uh, shards of his bones left on the Hawks dinner plate here? We could feast our eyes this week. Brandon, I just want to double down on Chandler Jones because I... <laughs> Well, and I think part of the reason why he has such good games against the Seahawks versus any other team is because the amount of time that Russell Wilson holds the football or tends to, it lends itself that it plays right into the game of Chandler Jones because he's he's so quick that if you hold the ball long enough, he is finding a way through the traffic, you know, bouncing off a guy and and resilient, right? He's yeah, and, and so he's He's good in that respect that it's so it's totally different from Aaron Donald, who just blows over dudes, whether there's two guys, three guys, he's just going through everybody. Whereas Jones is good at finding his way around people. And it's I guess for a Seahawks comparison, it's like if uh, last year with Jamal Adams, when they weren't preparing for Adams as much, it's not like he was going through guys. It was just that he was. He was able to find the way to get to a quarterback going around somebody and speed tracking guys down. So I think that that's that's where my concern is with Chandler Jones in this game. Other than that, I mean, who do you point to if it's not Kyler Murray? Hey, yeah. Budamaker is a, a great player and, you know, they, they have but, guys. On but defense. he's he he's hurt, too, though, isn't he? He's, I mean, I'm not sure he's not. I'm not sure he's not playing, but he's not going to be 100 percent if he's playing. Yeah, no, Buda Baker's banged up. Also, oh, he which he's, he's, uh, Kingsbury said he's going to play. OK, so he's playing. But I mean, we, I I I want to I want to I want to, you know, make uh, I, I want to confess Um I, I'm a I'm a northeastern uh, Catholic boy. So confession is, is uh, deep rooted in, in my uh, in my soul here. So. Getting into the confession booth, um, I was wrong about James Conner. All, all offseason, we talked about it a lot, Brandon. I was like, this guy doesn't have it. His step ain't there. He's, he's, he's not good. quick. The, he's a plotter. He's like Larry Holmes coming out for the 11th round. I, you know what? I, I got to eat all that. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. He's, 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 he's like James Conner three, four years ago. 
he's good again. So that that's the other dude I was going to say was my chalk answer. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's, he's a guy that that can that could chew us up. However, we've been good. Our our run defense has been good all year long, so it doesn't scare me. But I would not be shocked if we're like after the game, we're like, damn, like you know, we 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 lost by ten, and and Connor had 150 yards. It w- wouldn't be a shock. I, the, and the reason why I wasn't going to go Connor is because I just I still don't see him quite at the level of guys like Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara. I, I feel like he's more at that Aaron Jones type level of yes, he can have really great games and he can be good and and consistent like Aaron Jones, but not a guy that you really have to focus on in terms of. Now, he might be the one guy that's left on offense that you have to concern yourself with if Kyler Murray's out. Well, if obviously, as Seahawks fans, if there are two guys we could ship out of the division, I'm pretty sure it'd be Aaron Donald and Chandler Jones would probably get the next most votes if we're like, let's get some guys traded out of here. They have been a nuisance to Russell. How about feast or famine? As Before we move into feast of thankfulness, feast or famine, and this one will start with Brandon. If the offensive famine continues, who will deserve most of the blame? You ever go in after Thanksgiving and um, you want that pumpkin pie and it's starting to get a little moldy? <laughs> Brandon, how would you slice up the moldy pumpkin pie if we continue to have offensive famine? I understand a portion of this pie is going to go to certain people, but who's going to get the biggest pieces if we're still in famine mode on offense, Brandon? I'm going to go with a non-player, non-coach for this one. I'm going to go with Seahawks general manager, John Schneider, because to go into the season. Now, we all knew that Chris Carson, he was going to have his injury issues, that 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 potential was there. And so they went out and they made the smart move. They got Alex Collins. But now Carson has been injured for a couple weeks. And so has Alex Collins. And they have not done anything to help with the running game to to kind of boost it, to whether or not they're going out to to get somebody off the street, you know, gosh, a guy like Adrian Peterson who was out there, or you know, just pulling a guy up off the practice squad. We didn't see any Rashad Penny this last week against the Packers. I'm thankful for that. And <laughs> I I also think that there's there's guys even in the system that I would like to see get an opportunity that really haven't. So I blame John Schneider if this offense is sputtering because I think it's going to have to do with the running game and not having enough guys back there that can help carry the load. When you said John Schneider, Brandon, I was sure you were going to say we didn't draft a center and the <laughs> offensive line still hasn't improved. But I could have gone there too. That. I could have gone there too. All right, Clinton. So how are you going to slice up the moldy pie if the famine on offense continues? Yeah, um, it's, it's a tough one. Um, and by the way, Collins did not practice yesterday, right? He did not. I don't think he practiced yesterday, and I do. I don't know what's uh, limited, what this, right? I uh, was he. I, I, I haven't checked in. You know, checked in on today, but I know that he's banged up. And then obviously Carson looks like Carson. Just if I had to lay some chips right now, looks like he's not coming back. Um, which is which is super sad. With all that, I, it's it's I, it, there's not too many players you could lay it at, and I'm not going to lay it at the feet of Russ. Um, all, while I have criticisms for the things we've talked about already, like you know, not not checking into more runs or not checking the ball down um, to that play versus that play to lock it last week or that that attempt to lock it deep when he's got he's got first down, he's got Swain wide open yeah. for an easy 
easy six to seven yards, easy. Just got you know, a little, little pitch, pitch and t- uh, catch there. Um, I'm, I've got to go to Shane, the main brain. You know, I know that might be again, a bit of a chalky answer. I, and I don't know if that, if it is his fault. I don't know if he's, if he is dialing up enough plays where, um, where he's calling for the runs more often and or the runs. I say he's calling for the runs more often. That's a horrible, <laughs> horrible soundbite. The moldy um, pumpkin pie might yeah. give you the runs, Quentin. I do. I do think it's, it's got, it's got to lay at his feet a little bit, you know, and uh, maybe it's a combination of Russ, just not, just not taking what's before him. And maybe after this week, I can't do it after Russ comes back after that injury and say it's, it's on, it's at Russ's feet for that. However, if we see it again um, this week where, it's just deep shot Russ and it's hero, hero ball Russ. Um, and it's not taking what, what's there. I said it before we got on the podcast. I said, we need Russ to be a little bit more like Mac Jones. And that might make, make some people, you know, irritated or, or just disgusted in some ways. But at one point last night, Mac Jones was like 13 for 14 and the Pats were just methodically moving down the field. Six yards, seven yards, six yards, seven yards. It just chunked things that were open and on time. So, I'd like to see some more of that. If he can't go 20 yards downfield, and right now I don't think he can, I don't see it with Rush right now with accuracy, um, then adjust. So, and 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 that's got to start with uh, with uh, Shane the main brain. All right, continuing with feast or famine. Uh, this will go back to you, Clinton. I know you want to talk about this just a little bit, but how can the Hawks? And you already dealt with it earlier this week. But how can the Hawks best end the punt return famine? Is it a move in D, Trey, or DJ, one of those guys that you're hoping would get back there again uh, or, or start out back there? Or maybe a trick play or try to uh, heat it up on the block? What kind of things would you like to see? This punt return team has not been impressive other than they've kind of set up some of the blocking, but we haven't, the results haven't been great. How can we end that, Clinton? I mean, if I had, if I had the, the vote, it'd be for Trey Brown. Um, now, I, d- I don't know that. You know, I also don't know how they view it's it's like, hey, they, they have Freddie Swain back there and returning punts is a high risk endeavor in the NFL. Right. OK, you could you could call the fair catch. But then we bellow at a guy like last week when when Swain doesn't opt for the fair when he, you know, when he when he when he ought to have uh, not fair fair caught it. But he did it two times. Um, I don't know how the Seahawks view Trey Brown in the sense that he's our he's our number two corner and one of our two starting corners. Do they want to put that dude, even though he's a rookie, do they even want to put him in a position of risk? Nobody wants an injury. If we lost Freddie Swain and there was more Penny Hart, that delta is not so big. If we put Trey Brown out there and God forbid he gets hurt, the delta that back down to Sidney Jones and the guy behind him, it's it's huge. It's 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 what we saw earlier in the season with a guy who's no longer on the team, but like the Trey Flowers style guys, right? That that level of talent. Um However, Trey Brown is, is Trey Brown. I'll tell you what Trey Brown has. He has instinct. He is a very instinctive player. Sure. Really good ball skills and, and incredibly instinctive. Cool. Let's flip that into an offensive mindset for one or two plays a game and see, see just see what happens. I'd bet my bottom dollar it'd be good results. And uh, the way that offense is operating right now, like that, that fair catch at the 49-yard line, where he had just green in front of him. We could not do that while we were sputtering so bad on offense. So if we got to roll, roll a little bit. Let's put Trey Brown back there. Let's get a little, 
Brandon, let's get a little boomer sooner action yeah. back there. <laughs> I, I want to see Trey back there too. It, just listening to him in his press conference this week, he sounds like a guy who it's his goal to get his hands on the football next. And so I want to see what that looks like when he has his hands on the ball. And whether it's the punt return, that would be great. I I just I don't know if I don't think it's because they view Trey Brown as a starter at corner that they'd be unwilling to put him there on punt coverage because we saw at one point this season, we saw Tyler Lockett back there receiving punts. And so that guy's more important to the team than than either of those guys. So if I were to pick a, a, a guy other than Brown, it would be another name that Clinton mentioned, and that's Penny Hart. I, mm. I kind of like the way he moves once he gets his hands on the football. So why is he not back there catching punts? Because I I don't even like what I see when I see Swain trying to catch the ball, let alone what we see after he does. And what about D? I mean, he seems like a faster Golden Tate kind of guy. I don't know why D hasn't been tried. Do we, have we heard anything about that? I, I think a guy coming off a concussion, probably just not the guy that you want to go ahead and put back there. Yeah. Being careful. I, I think I, that I think, he did have special team. I want to say he had special teams experience in college. Oh, yeah. yeah he was, he took, he took back stuff like a lot. I mean, again, as a freshman, co- he was, he was awesome yeah. at it. I, yeah. He, I would love to see him back there too. I just, I do not think they'll do it with the, like as Brandon said, with the, with the concussion, because obviously that was a bad concussion. They were talking about like double vision and th- things like, like vision impairment for weeks uh, after he got, you know, after, after he took that hit. Um, so I just don't see it in the cards. However, skill level wise, and just yeah, just that that quickness, that that sheer quickness, I'd love to see it. Um, I'd like to see him more on a kickoff return. Uh, just to, just because he gets that he gets that extra room, that extra rev. Whereas Trey Brown, I think, is that that zero that zero to and then they're both they're both they're both dynamic. So let's that that'd be amazing to see because I really do think. I know it's special teams. I know it's like it's like a, a thing that most people don't think about or talk about a lot. I think if that improved, let's put it that way. If if we had if we improved it just last game, we'd probably win last game. That's how that's how important it is. So here's a question. I know that the, the first answer would be the famine of winning. We want that to end. But what what Hawks famine has to end this Sunday, Brandon? If you just have to nail it down, like what what particular area this this not happening has to quit? If you're going to pick one, maybe it's out there something we're not thinking about a little bit, Brandon. If I were to pick one thing, especially with Russ's situation, it would be the the time in the pocket. That would be, I, I'd want that to be a lot shorter. So I don't know when we're talking about famine. Um, I I just. The famine of quick releases needs to end. Yes, yes, there we're we go. We're not getting enough quick releases. Yeah, I, I think, and and that goes, I think, to what Clinton was saying about Shane Waldron and the scheme. And I think that will need to be there uh, in this game here against the Cardinals. How about you, Clinton? Uh, you know, I think the the famine or drought of what was supposed to be a really good defensive line. Uh, you know, and Rasheem Green's is going to end up maybe leading the team in sacks for a second year in a row with a really low total of sacks. I'm not saying that will happen, but it, that very much could. That's just that's not a winning recipe. So it's it's the Dunlap, Mayoa, Hyder. It's it's these guys. Like man, if we if we need to break something, it is less throwing of the shoe and more <laughs> and more sticking sure. court. Yeah, more sticking quarterbacks. Uh, behind the line of scrimmage for sacks because there's not been enough of that. I listen. The defensive line's been in 
in better and improving, right? And we like what we see with, with run defense for sure. Um, and we're getting the quarterback off, off the mark more and more often. Yeah. And, and it's still like, okay, we still got to get home just a bit more uh, because those, again, psychologically, and then just those plays where you put somebody back into like a third and 16 after a sack, you know, the, you know, the things that happen to us like a couple times a game, we got to do that to teams once or twice a game. And we're not totally. really seeing that. And that's Drive a big killers. deficiency in this matchup too. Arizona top 10, Seattle bottom five. Yeah. We don't need anybody to get 10 or 11 this year. We just need to average two and a half a game. We just need guys to to work together on it. Well, the last category here, um, as we head toward Thanksgiving, thinking of a feast of thankfulness. What if we watch this game to count our blessings? Uh, What do you expect as you're looking to watch this game this Sunday? uh, What things do you expect to be thankful for as we watch it this week, Clinton? What was that, Phil? <laughs> well, you were you were expecting that we we're going to win, so uh, we would. Oh well, that. sure, sure, yeah, I, I do, I do, I do think. Uh, you know, I, I'm often, I'm very, very often an optimist. I think we're going to win this game, um, but I, I'm trying to get down to a, you know, particular for me, a particular player or two that I'm that I'm that I'm thankful for out there. So I, I've got one. Okay, so what happened last game uh, between the running game basically disappearing, ten runs is not enough, and it's a bad combination if your running game disappears and you're not targeting your your best dudes, your yeah. DK and, and Tyler. So I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be thankful for um the DK Tyler combination this week. Uh Tyler has had a I think I think he's had a really good record of of in my memory serves big games against the Cardinals. I remember some big, just big, you know. We're talking 10, 11, 12, uh, 12 reception games, blow up games versus the Cardinals. So I want to see that that dynamic duo come back where we, we're reminded once again, like, oh, yeah, we have we have one of the best wide receiver combos in the entire league. And we're thankful for that. Awesome. So, Brandon, this matchup, what do you expect to be thankful for as we watch this game? I want to give thanks to a trio. I want to give thanks to our future Hall of Fame quarterback, our future Hall of Fame linebacker. And our future Hall of Fame cornerback, Trey Brown. <laughs> Man, I am thankful for him. Going back and re-watching that play against Green Bay, where I'm fourth down, and and just hearing him talk about it in the press conference of how you know he expected Aaron Rodgers, that that's where he's going to go. And so... Uh, and and then to think about it in the way that, man, he, he said he wished he would have broken sooner so he would have you know, possibly been able to try and intercept that pass. I, I, I love the competitiveness. I love that after that hit happened, that Jamal Adams like came running in like he was going to give Trey like the biggest bear hug and carry him off the field. I I'm I'm fired up that uh, we we seem to have found our two corners in DJ Reed and Trey Brown. And uh, especially with Shaq leaving, there was that big question mark if they'd be able to fill that spot and to have filled it with a fourth round pick. uh, It's, it's looking awfully good. I do want to jump off that for a second too, and say that play that you're mentioning where, you know, he, he sees what Jamal has and then he understands that Jamal's got that guy. So he sheds, so he sheds and and then just darts at the dude underneath and makes that beautiful play. Awesome. And then the other side of that is, if you go back and you rewatch the Jamal Adams interception, it's there's there's a dude right, you know, right in the vicinity, another Seahawk right in the vicinity who 
we've seen in previous plays where the counterpart, where you know the the Robin to the Batman, doesn't understand to just let the play happen, and and they they try to jump up themselves and go make the play. It's Trey Brown. Go rewatch that interception. Brown could have ma- tried to make a play on that ball, but he actually checks his body up and just kind of watches. And it's really really cool because he knows he's doing the best thing possible for the team in that moment. Is like, nope, I he like Jamal's got his guy boxed out. This ball is going to Jamal. I don't need to go near this. He literally just kind of puts his arms out and boxes things up. And when he sees it happen, he's so fired up. It's a little subtle thing, but it's like that is a way more mature play than a dude that was drafted in the fourth round and didn't interfere with with what became Jamal's first interception and was at that point a huge turning point in that game. So this little back and forth with Jamal and Trey and them kind of feeling each other that way, I think is is something really, really uh, cool to vibe on. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. The defensive backs in general, I mean, there's a lot to be thankful for and how they're looking. I expect to see more of that this week. Well, here, as we as we finish up uh, a question here for you, uh, Brandon, when it comes, we're, we're talking about Thanksgiving, when it comes to sports and Seahawk football, what are you most thankful for? What is it about being a fan that creates so much joy and thankfulness for you? And because well, the way I see it, if it doesn't create joy, why do it anyway? It's a hobby, right? What do we get out of this if we're not getting joy? So what is it about? What Can you articulate that for us, Brandon? Why you just have chosen this to be your hobby of that leads to thankfulness and joy. What is it about it? Absolutely. I mean, this time of year, it's the, it's the community aspect of it. It's, it's the same reason why you get together with your family around Thanksgiving. It's, it's, you know, you're, you've, you've built your community kind of around this particular thing. That's yeah. It's the community. How about you, Clinton? For me, it kind of breaks down like this. Baseball is my favorite sport and I'm a huge New York, New York Metropolitans fan. My favorite sport is baseball, specifically NL baseball. I think AL baseball is kind of trash. Uh, you could come, 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 come at me on Twitter. We could talk about why. Stanley Cup playoff hockey to me is the best playoffs in all sports. It's just, it's just tremendous. The most exciting thing. However, on a tier by itself, my favorite team is the Seattle Seahawks. Nice. So it's just this thing. It's, it's this team has captivated me since I was like a six year old kid uh, growing up in Long Island where you couldn't get Seahawks garb, where my mom had a, my mom had a right, she had to send away to mail a letter to then receive a catalog to then order something to then get it back for Christmas. And I had like Kurt Warner poster and all that jazz. I don't know. It, the, the game of football is amazing. And, and the, how, what, what happens in a baseball season for the most part, you know, your 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 dudes are your dudes, and you play 162 games. Cool. Football. There's 53 of them out there, and there's so much. Even in an individual year, there's so much turnover because so much is at risk because the game is flat out. It's a dangerous game. It's a br- it's, it's a brutal brutal game. To see the way these these dudes come at this every single moment every year, we're three and six, and we hear like Bobby Wagner saying like, "No one's giving up. Nobody's giving up." And that's the team. So like, I love lots of different sports. I have different sports. I like better, even as, you know, on, on the fringes, I find it more interesting. The Seattle Seahawks are my favorite team. And it's hard to say further why, but 
But that's that's what I'm thankful for there, Mr. Phil, is uh, is the team and, and that we get to cheer on with uh, with all of our buddies that, uh, you know, that that Brandon talked about in the community. So it gives you joy together. There's kind of a, a team aspect to football that's unlike any other sport, for sure. They're battling together. Uh, sports, the hopes, you know, the, the chance that you could get let down. I think I think you mentioned something about the excitement aspect of it. It's just kind of a great distraction. The ups and downs in things that really don't matter to us when we have a lot of ups and downs in life that matter a lot. It's fun to kind of get away and just share with other people that are pulling for the same thing. And uh, I'm thankful. I, th- I think it's cool that we that football has shared with Thanksgiving throughout my whole life. The, the two have kind of gone together. Mashed potatoes and gravy there, Mr. Phil. That's right. Very good. Well, Happy Thanksgiving, all my fellow 12s. Is there anything that uh, you guys need to add? Clinton, Brandon, anything we need to add before we close up? Favorite Thanksgiving dish? Who are we asking? You go, Mr. Phil. What do you got? Okay, so here it is. Dish is maybe an over (laughs) statement here, but the most important thing at the Thanksgiving dinner, whether you call it a dish or not, Thanksgiving is ruined if this isn't there and this isn't right. And that is gravy. Good gravy on everything makes Thanksgiving. No gravy, it's not Thanksgiving. Bad gravy, it's kind of a bummer. But then you're dealing with, you don't want anybody to feel bad. You don't know which, which mama made the gravy or which whoever put, put the gravy in there. Good gravy, you got a good Thanksgiving. That's, that's what I'm saying, Clinton. I do want to dive into that a little bit. Are we talking the, the, the light color turkey gravy, the darker turkey gravy? What, what's your jam there, Phil? Well, I have a few that I can enjoy. And so <laughs> I, I kind of have a trick. I can't have gluten. I end up in the hospital if I do. So oh, no. my wife always makes sure that I have gravy. So we'll go there and whatever else gravy happens, I've got the gravy that I know I love that my wife put together. And I like a few different ones. But uh, yeah, she has kind of the light tan thick gravy that's made from you know gluten-free uh, ingredients i don't think the color matters as much as the thickness of it right the consistency the consistency and the flavor yes you Very gotta nice. use that you gotta use the right turkey drippings they can't be burnt right because then it toasts the whole thing good question clinton that's fantastic that's really important well, I was going to say mashed potatoes and gravy, but now that you know Phil boiled it down to one particular item, I'm thinking, man, if I if I just had mashed potatoes and no gravy, or if it was terrible gravy, then what am I eating my potato? Like, I what do you put on the potatoes then? The whole thing's ruined without the gravy. <laughs> it is, it the is. stuffing's ruined. The turkey's ruined. The you know with stuffing though, I could I can combine stuffing and cranberries, and that oh, would yeah. be fine. Okay. It's still still very good. You know, so Clinton, you're a- stalling. You're stalling us here. <laughs> Gravy is a wonderful answer? choice. My favorite thing. You get the whole plate already. You do the. I do the dark meat. Uh, it's just better. Uh, you know, you get your stuffing. You get your cranberry. You get you get your potatoes. You get your other other greens or whatever. And I the thing the thing I enjoy the most is the biscuit. I want the biscuit. Mm. I want the I want the real butter on there. And then I'll make myself even on the plate, the very first plate. I'll make myself a little little turkey sando right then and there. With that biscuit, uh, to me, that is that is the uh, the piece de resistance. Not that you can't get biscuits other day; they just taste better on Thanksgiving when you got the gravy and you got the dark meat. And you put a little stuffing on there, a little topper or cranberry, and then you're eating a little biscuit sando. And everybody's like, "Why is it you making a sandwich? Because it's delicious." That's why people. Of course, Clinton's the guy that does his own thing. I, I 
totally would have anticipated that. You're the you're the one bringing a fanny pack of of, uh, of gravy wherever <laughs> everywhere you go. That's <laughs> which, true, which, guys. Which I, which I respect. I respect the I, you know ga- game respect game there, Phil. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, my fellow twelves. May we be thankful for this game, and hopefully we have a lot to be thankful for. Gentlemen, what if we say, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.